friends with Cinefits, I am one of your hosts, Alex McAllister, and with me, as always, is the lovely Kane Dennis. Kane, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Glad to be here, as always. It's always a ton of fun, and I'm ready to talk about some weirder-than-usual <laughs> movies here today. Very weird movies. Um, I feel like it'll be kind of like our David Lynch episode, where we're just like, we just use the word weird a lot, um, but oh well. So... Yeah, it's been a while since we've recorded an episode. How have you been since then? What have you been up to? What have you been watching? I've been good. Uh, since then, I've been watching, I believe, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier ended since we did our last episode. Yeah. That was cool. I liked it. Not as much as WandaVision and not as much as I'm liking Loki, but um, Loki premiered last week. Yeah. I think the first two episodes have been awesome. I don't want to say too much or give anything away. Yeah. But I, I've been loving them as well. I did not like Falcon and Winter Soldier pretty much at all um wandavision was cool i went and saw um last podcast on the left live a few days ago and they made a couple wandavision jokes they just said it's very tedious to watch but i didn't feel that at all like i thought it was pretty fun and easy going i don't What'd get think? i don't get that at all i thought it was really cool i it kept stringing yeah. me along i kept looking forward to it every single week mm-hmm. which i, I always waited and binged it you binged it that's nice yeah. i kind yeah. of I kind of like the weekly model for it because it yeah. is such a, it's like based on TV, basically, mm-hmm. especially That's in the true. earlier yeah. episodes. It changes as you get to the end, but with Falcon and Winter Soldier, it definitely was a bit more of a slog. Like it yeah. felt, even though it was less episodes, it felt longer. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about it was the John Walker character. I just, mm. I didn't really get much out of the Flag Smashers. I thought they were pretty lame. The same. Yeah, I'm a big Wyatt Russell fan, so I was pretty pumped that he was in it. Um, yeah, I guess if they do more with him, like I'd be so down, but I definitely wish they would have done less of Falcon and more of the Winter Soldier, because like, his story, first episode, when like the small parts of him they had, just drew me in immediately, um, and then there's very little of it the rest of the season or series. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt, too. I'm I'm a bigger Winter Soldier fan than I am Falcon. I've always liked yeah. Falcon, but seeing him get his own spotlight, was it was cool, because it kind of fleshed yeah. out the character more. But they kind of build it as this co-lead thing, mm-hmm. when Winter Soldier was really more of a supporting role. He wasn't that's very nearly true. as important. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wanted to ask you about a movie I watched kind of recently... I finally watched Her by Spike Jones. Oh, man. <laughs> that is the movie that has been on my watch list the longest. It's been there for, like, ever since it came out, because I heard it was good and never watched it. I take it you've seen it? I have. It took me the longest time to actually watch it, and then I caught it on Netflix, I want to say, like, last year at one mm-hmm. point. I love it. Yeah, same. Joaquin Phoenix is away. so great in it. Yeah. I really, I, I honestly think that Scarlett Johansson should have been nominated for Best Actress, even though mm-hmm. she never appears on screen in the movie. Yeah, she was She great. was perfect in it. Yeah, I can't, like, it would be so hard to just be in a movie, only your voice, and be, like, that pivotal of a character, um, and still get, like, everything across. I thought it was incredible. Yeah, I, I thought so, too, because it's, it's really more than voice acting in that context, because it is basically what the entire movie hinges on. And... I think the thing that I like most about that movie is that when you really think about it, it's like a sci-fi movie. It's not, I mean, it is a drama, but 
like if somebody told you, okay, this is a true story that happens 40 years from now, like with the advancement of technology and stuff, I think it could be believable because it is like within reach. Yeah. Which is kind of terrifying. Honestly, I can see that. Um, I was kind of blown away in the movie how I guess it's kind of like the movies we will talk about today, but how everyone else in the environment was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Like, there's just all this technology going on. Um, And I like I would find it unbelievable, but I guess it was set in a dystopian, not even dystopian. That's a weird word. Future, I guess. It kind of is a little dystopian, though. You got him like his job, like writing the greeting cards for people, like. (laughs) putting the words in people's mouths basically it's just it shows you little looks into a world that's changed a lot yeah without being like look we have flying cars we have all this it's like a realistic look into a like socially distant future i guess Mm -hmm. um since chris pratt was in that movie i do want to ask you what's your opinion on chris pratt because i don't like him you don't like Um, him really no i i did in parks and rec and then I did with, like, the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. But then, like, as he kept going on as Star-Lord, I just... I was like, this is kind of getting old. And then, like, the Jurassic Park movies, I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, if I... Like, he is now to the point where if I see his name in something, I'm just like... You just don't really care? Yeah. I've got to disagree with you. I, I like him. Really? I, I never watched Parks and Rec, though. So okay. I kind of got to know him a little later than a lot of people did, because yeah. uh, Guardians was the first thing I saw him in, and he really made a big impression on me there, so I've mm-hmm. liked him ever since. Gotcha. Now, I gotcha. don't think the Jurassic World movies are as good as most of the other things he's in, but I do enjoy mm-hmm. those, and I do like him in them. Yeah, I did like him in Her, because he played pretty much a different character than he normally does. Yeah. Um but I thought it was pretty cool. I will say, I, I do get the criticism that he kind of plays the same character in everything. Yeah. He's like the scrappy, sarcastic, jokey guy who's like an action hero. So mm-hmm. I would like to see him do more things that go against that type. Uh, yeah, same here. Um, or just don't don't have him in movies anymore and I'll be cool. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't hate him that much. Um, and another thing I watched, I finally watched Death Proof. By Quentin Tarantino. is the only Tarantino movie I hadn't seen. I have not seen that yet. It was pretty good, I guess. I don't I don't really have a opinion on it. Like, I'd watch it again. It's not my favorite. I don't think it's my least favorite Tarantino movie. Um, but yeah, check it out if you get the chance. I think it was for... It's free on, I think, Tubi okay. TV. Okay. That's yeah. the one, it's it's one half of Grindhouse, right? Like, there was him, and then there was a Robert Rodriguez movie. Yeah, I didn't watch the Planet, Robert Rodriguez Planet part. something? What's it called? I you remember? have no clue. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't either. I think Death Proof is the only Tarantino movie I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. I, might be mis- I might be forgetting something else, but I think it's the only one I'm missing. Yeah, I just saw it was, like, on there to watch, and as... I said, it's about time I finally finished watching all of his movies. And I had watched Inglorious Bastards the night before. Oh, that's so, so good. I love oh, that movie. It was. Yeah, the first, like, three scenes take up an hour of the movie or whatever. Yeah. And all of them are just perfect. And um, yeah. I, I also, I went to the theater um, and I saw Cruella and I saw A Quiet Place 2. I saw A Quiet Place 2. I what, did not see Cruella. What do you think of A Quiet Place? It was all right. Yeah. I wasn't, like, blown away. Um, I did like that they focused on 
I guess spoiler alert, I don't want to ruin it for anyone. I'm not going to say anything too bad, but um, they do focus on the daughter more. And I thought that was really cool. And then I'm a big, is it Killian Murphy or Cillian Murphy? I think it's Killian, but I say Cillian sometimes too, because I forget. Whatever it is, I love him and he was great in it. He's good in everything. Yeah. Um, I, my only issue with it was it was very predictable because they like use foreshadowing a lot. Like it would, someone would place a gun down on a table and then it would show a close up like insert of the gun on the table. And like the person's walking away in the background. And then like five minutes later, there's a monster and they needed that gun, but they can't get to it. And it's like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Maybe don't like, specify that they put it down so much yeah i agree it they kind of give everything away in it Mm -hmm. i i enjoyed the first one but i just didn't think it was great i honestly Mm -hmm. think i had more fun with the second one yeah because i kind of knew what i I was getting into and i was like ah, this is just a fun horror movie type thing i'm just gonna sit here and enjoy it so i i did like it a lot and um cruella took me by surprise honestly i liked it more than i thought i was going to really i think it's one of the better recent live action disney movies not counting star wars or marvel okay if i know nothing of the character or the lore or anything would you recommend it to me yes i think you'd probably like it more if you don't know about the character or the lore because i've seen a lot of people who are like sticklers for the original 101 dalmatians which i guess is a certain group of people who's out there i wasn't aware (laughs) of that but i've seen a lot of people (laughs) complaining that she's not enough like the character but I didn't care. I just think Emma Stone is awesome and everything. So I really yeah, enjoyed same. it. And we will get to that. Um, oh, we'll you're right. We will. More. Um, a real quick aside. I don't. This will be a weird tangent. But I do have a world record. And it does have to do with 101 Dalmatians. Are you interested? Absolutely. Okay. Um, so me and my friends. This was like probably 8th grade. We figured out that. There's a website where you could just submit videos and get world records. And ours was most ping pong volleys, I guess, um, between three people on one leg with very specific things in our mouths. So one was a 1942 wheat penny. One was a red reindeer stencil. And one was a 101 uh, Dalmatians Game Boy Color game. (laughs) Oh, my God. So... (laughs) If you have all three of those items, and each person puts them in their mouth, stands on one leg, and ping pong volleys and beats our record, then I would no longer have a world record. But I do, and that's why I'm awesome. That's incredible. I, <laughs> if you would have had me take a thousand years to guess <laughs> yeah. those three items, I could never have done it. <laughs> yeah, I know. We just found the three most random things and went with it. 101 record Dalmatians Game stands. Boy Color Game. I've got some Game Boy Color games. I could set a different version of that record. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, we only did... It was, like, probably, like, 10 or 15 volleys. It was real bad, but it didn't matter because we're like, no one will ever break it. That's not the hard part. The hard part is finding those items. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, sorry about that. I just took us off in a tangent, but I was very excited about it. Um, yeah, anything else you've watched that you want to talk about? Uh, I'm trying to think. If there's much else of note, I mean, I'm always watching stuff, but there's nothing else that really pops up right now. That's the Did main you things. watch Saint Maud? Oh, I've not yet. Ugh. I know that it was leaving Amazon Prime, but it's yeah. it's going to Paramount Plus, 
And okay. my dad has Paramount Plus, so I didn't feel that urgent to catch it before it left. So I'm going to be watching that soon. Gotcha. I really enjoyed it. It it was not what I was expecting. Um, even like the twist or whatever also wasn't what I was expecting. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Nice. I did watch on HBO Max, I watched The King of Staten Island with Pete Davidson. I haven't seen that. I, I'm, I'm a big Pete Davidson fan. I've always really liked okay. him on SNL. It's it's good. I don't know that I'd necessarily recommend it, but okay. it's just it's a comedy with Pete Davidson in it. I liked it. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't bad. Just something I to watch. I believe that the Not a Bomb guys actually brought that up on uh, one of their recent episodes, and they'd watched it recently and did recommend it. So I got multiple people telling me to watch it. I guess I'll have to. Yeah, it just if you like his sense of humor and stuff, I'd recommend mm-hmm. it. But it's. It's not like something I watched and I was like, oh my god, I've got to tell everyone how great this is. It's just yeah. kind of one of those movies. I liked it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, maybe one of these mornings I just need something to get me through to lunch. Might throw that on. It's an easy uh, watch and it is funny. So Awesome. Well, cool. I don't have any other thing that I wanted to talk about. Um Anything else I've been watching? Do you have anything else? Or are you ready to move on to our topic? I'm ready to move on. Okay. So, if you guys listened last week um, to the end, then you know that we are doing this episode over Yorgos Lanthimos. Um, I finally know how to say it and say it correctly each time. Um, Yeah, do you have any background on him that you want to give? Because I just know him... From watching these movies. I I pretty much just know him from watching these two. I didn't really ever know about him until I started hearing about him um, for the Oscars. And mm-hmm. what year would that have been? Let's see for the favorite. 2018? Yes, 2018. That year's Oscars, he was like all over the place everywhere mm-hmm. because of the favorite. And it was not, it had like the most nominations of any movie that year. I was like, oh, wow, I want to kind of familiarize myself with this guy, because I thought the favorite mm-hmm. looked awesome. And mm-hmm. um, being in Evansville, Indiana, it wasn't showing anywhere around here. So I started watching some of his other things, and I just kind of fell in love with his with his work. Nice. Um, I knew him from... I blindly watched The Killing of a Sacred Deer for a family movie night. It was my pick. Um, because I'd heard it was good is probably about when the favorite was coming out. My family was not happy at that pick. It was not very appropriate for family movie night. Um, but after I saw that, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to watch the rest of his movies. And then I watched the lobster and was also just like, yeah, I see what he's doing. Um, and I guess I I wasn't that impressed on first watch, but on second go around I have been more impressed. Nice, that's good. I I gotta say the first of his movies I watched was The Lobster because it was on Netflix, okay. and yeah. I thought it was extremely interesting. Definitely mm-hmm. unlike anything I'd ever seen before. Mm-hmm. I pretty much loved it, and um, yeah, I just love the dryness. Everything okay. is so dry. It is. And it's it's almost refreshing because you never see anything like that. 
I personally don't find it refreshing. Um, I do think we will disagree on stuff this episode, yeah, which I I've been so looking too. forward to. Yes, it hasn't um, happened very often, so I'm looking forward to it too. Yeah, it's... When you say dry but refreshing, that makes me think of gin because gin is very dry, but I still think <laughs> it's gross. Um, but hey, what can you do? So, yeah, do you want to go in? He did start out with My Best Friend in yeah. 2001. Um, have you seen or heard anything about that? I have not. I have only seen it or heard of it from his Wikipedia page. I don't, I don't know anything yeah. else about it. Yeah. I've not and seen it available anywhere else. Real quick, before we go into his movies, um, have you seen his... He has a video, it's on YouTube, of him in the Criterion Closet. Did you I, watch that? I have seen that. He's with his wife okay. or his fiance at that point, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I did not watch it. How were his picks? Do you remember? Oh, man. I've watched so many of those <laughs> Criterion Closet videos that I don't remember. And okay. I didn't... I haven't watched it recently. Yeah. Okay, cool. He's... A much more normal looking and sounding guy than I was expecting from watching his movies. So I was just curious. Yeah, he seems pretty well adjusted, which you wouldn't expect if you saw any of his work. Yeah. Um, I keep seeing like him on just looking at his name. He's on like a lot of YouTube channels. Like he does interviews, does podcasts and stuff like that. So that is pretty cool to have a director doing that and have all that available to his fans. Definitely, I he's somebody that you would think they'd be a little bit, like more mysterious, but it, mm -hmm. I think he makes himself pretty accessible to people, which I think is cool. Yeah, um, and I guess before we do go into in depth into the movies that we did watch, um, could you give an overview of what, like, how would you describe his movies for someone who hasn't seen or heard of him? I would honestly say that if you imagined a world like nearly devoid of emotional expression mm -hmm. or blatant humor mm -hmm. and pictured a bunch of different odd stories taking place in the same world, you could almost say that his movies are like a cinematic universe because they all kind yeah. of have the same feeling. And um, it's interesting to watch because without knowing much about Greek culture or Greek language, mm. I think that we kind of miss a little bit I think there's definitely context that people who just speak English aren't going to get, and that includes me, of course. Yeah. Because it's... I think he's talking about a lot of different things. Yeah, and I also... Whenever I started watching Dogtooth, because that's the one that I watched that wasn't in English, um, I was curious how... I guess the political environment over there was. Yeah. And if, like, maybe I was... There's something else there um, that influences it or something yeah. like that. And when it comes to the language, I'm mainly talking about Dogtooth and Alps, because those are the yeah. two that are only in Greek. Mm -hmm. I think Kaneda's just in Greek, too, but I haven't had a chance to really watch that one yet, so... Yeah. Um, Studio Binder. Are you familiar with Studio Binder? I'm not. Okay, I thought you recommended them to me, but then I had, like, this weird thing. It's a YouTube channel. Incredible. I'm going to make you watch their videos. Any movie fan, check them out. Studio um, Binder. I will go ahead and subscribe right now. Yeah, they are incredible. Um, they do have one that I definitely recommend that's more technical. And if you're into, um, I guess, cinematography, 
they have a like ultimate camera guide and it's like six videos that go into lenses um aspect ratios all that stuff and it's really cool but then they also do like director's playbooks and break them down and they had a video on yorgos lanthimos not their best video i will say that um but they described his movies. Do you want to hear their description? Yes, I feel like that'll kind of inform our discussion. I think that's yeah. good. So, it starts out, they kind of do like a short thing, dot, 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 and then like show clips, and then the rest of it. You'll, you'll catch on quickly. Awkward adults in surreal, sterile environments. Childlike characters dealing with loss and longing. Dark humor and absurd circumstances, odd behavior, and blindfolds, behind <laughs> the head angles and handheld tracking shots, slow motion and heads cut out of frame, sudden bursts of violence, and ambiguous endings. That describes everything. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's every movie of, he's made that I've seen each anyway. Each one of those that they would show, they would have like three examples of. And whenever they said blindfolds, I was, like my mind just broke. I was just like, "There are a lot of blindfolds in these movies." Yeah, is there are. Of, yeah, it's weird. And not always um, literal blindfolds. Wow, that's deep. The lobster. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, um, but I think they do actually have actual blindfolds. At they some point they do. Movie. Yes, I'm yeah. just thinking of a certain a certain event. Yeah, the end. <laughs> um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, I just wanted to go over that. I watched that, like, right before we hopped on. Um, just thought it was a nice little overview to give everyone an insight. Um, I think that's perfect. I'm definitely going to watch that after we get done here today. Yeah. Check out their other videos, too. Like, normally, if I'm... There's, like, 20 or 30 minutes before I'm trying to go to bed, I'll throw on a stu studio binder video because that's cool they're incredible i'm glad you brought them up i see they've got like 15 16 minute long videos i love that kind of stuff i love oh, just they putting that on some, and watching they have some that go even longer nice you'll have to check them out um so one more thing just before we dive in i just keep saying that you did say you spoke on the lack of emotion and it when i've been watching these movies it made me think of kind of the opposite of david lynch they're both super weird but what david lynch does is acting like everyone's emotions are dialed up to 10 and with yorgos lanthimos it feels like it's dialed down to one or zero not in all situations like yeah. people still get angry and stuff um but that's kind of what i felt and i definitely prefer like more dialed up everything crazy but i can see why people wouldn't and would prefer something like this you like them both it seems i i like them both they are both really cool with david lynch they're both like unrealistic kind of yeah because um with david lynch it's like you've got people like you said just overboard with emotion mm -hmm. but in yorgos lanthimos the childlike characters that you said from the studio binder video mm -hmm. that fits because people they're like emotionally stunted and when they do act out of emotion it's usually violently that's yeah you can usually true. only see the emotion through violence Mm -hmm. in these movies there's so many times in his movies that it'll just be like two people talking and then one will just be angry and just like slap the person yeah 
or hit it them happens with a, very often. Or hit them with a uh, VCR. Yep, that <laughs> happens as well. Um, or slash them with a knife. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like they are definitely. I wonder what in Yorgos's mind what happened in the world to make everyone act that way. Um, I think that would be kind of cool to hear. I'm, I don't know if he's talked about that at all. Um, but like what politically, historically, or anything like that, what made everyone be this way? I just think that would be, that's interesting. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I think one thing with all of his movies that kind of applies is that everyone is shown in a way that you don't see people for who, for who they are. You mm. see them for what they do. Because if you line people up and talk okay. to them, they are all basically blanket the same. It's like, oh, you're yeah. a, you're a boring suburban person. You're a boring suburban person. You all feel the same way. You're all sad. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that sets them apart is their actions. And I think gotcha. that he I, probably yeah, judges that. people by their actions more than anything and puts that to work through the movies. Nice. I like that. Um, yeah, let's just start going into the movies. Let's do it. Um so I mentioned my best friend was in 2001. We said Kaneta. We've brought that up. That came out in 2005. Um, and then we'll move on. 2009, Dogtooth, which is the what I watched. Um, I did watch these in order that they came out in. Um, yeah, how do you feel about Dogtooth? I want to hear your opinions, and then I guess I'll... Shout mine. Dogtooth is my absolute favorite of any of his movies. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. It is so different than anything I'd ever seen up to that point. It blew my mind. Okay. I think it's hard to watch. Like, Oh, it, it definitely is. It is the <laughs> most like grueling, or, except for maybe killing of a sacred deer. That one's pretty hard watch, too. <laughs> it is. I think all of these are pretty hard to watch. Uh, I think the lobster's pretty easy to yeah, watch. It's um, it's more of a comedy. It's still got yeah. its moments, but it's it's more of a comedy. Literally, they just have John C. Riley sitting there, and it makes it funnier. It could be oh, another it, actor saying the exact same thing, and it wouldn't be as funny. Having him there changes everything. I I yeah. love John C. Riley, and I I only found out he was in the Lobster right before I started watching it, and I was like, oh, this is gonna mm-hmm. be awesome. And I, I, I found out while watching. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dogtooth is just so interesting. I think it is... It's a study on people. It's a study on family. It's a study on sheltering and, like, keeping people away from the world. Mm-hmm. And um, it also makes a lot of really interesting points, I think, about film or just art in general and what it means to be deprived of it. Okay. Because I um, like that. whenever, like, the VHS tapes get introduced to these... Well, to specifically the one daughter, yeah. and it's her first ever view of the outside world. It's like, wow, that really changes people. Did she, was it um, Jaws and Rocky? Jaws, Rocky, and Flashdance. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, real quick, I do want to read out the description of the movie real quick. It's just one sentence. Um A controlling, manipulative father locks his three adult offspring in a state of perpetual childhood by keeping them prisoner within the sprawling family compound. So, yeah, I do think this is a 
interesting movie to watch after everyone has been locked in their houses for 12 months or whatever. Um, I do think... I know, obviously, he couldn't have predicted that, but I do think it's a cool study to watch and be like, these people are raised in captivity. Obviously, theirs is much crazier. Like, the whole airplane thing, like, they the doors open outside and like they just don't walk out i don't know if they think something scary is out there like i don't know i just think it's really interesting to like study these people locked in captivity and how that compares to what all of humanity just went through with covid yeah and it it just shows the power that you can have over someone if you can especially like a a child even as they get older you Uh, can keep someone basically as a child forever if you teach them that the world is terrifying and they shouldn't go out there. And they mm-hmm. even just twist normal things. Like, they teach them a different vocabulary. Yeah. Like, they that, don't tell them that words mean what they mean. They tell them that hey, this this word is something else. Yeah. I can't remember the example specifically, but they're like, hey, can you pass me the something? Oh, what and was then it? someone passes them the salt. And it was, I don't know, it, was, it wasn't a cat. Um, no. But it was something weird like that. Like, it was I like wish I elbow or something. It. I think it was a body yeah. part, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 I think so, actually. Um, it might have been elbow. Yeah, I don't know. And then whenever they do see a cat, like a cat is in their compound, they're like, oh, it's the most dangerous animal ever and stuff like that. And it was just... A yeah, cat sitting there, and they've they've been taught that they have another sibling, a brother who lives outside the wall. So <laughs> yeah. they like throw bread over the fence, thinking he's there. It's yeah, it's that, wild, and that is like never explained as to why. I wonder if they had a brother that ran away, and they were just like, "Oh, he lives outside of the fence now," or something like that. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, because to them, there would be no difference from saying he's. 400 miles away or he's literally just outside the fence because both are just as foreign and just as terrifying when you've never left and then they use the cat to be like yeah he killed your brother don't worry about it yeah the Um, dad like soaks himself in the fake blood he's like the cat killed your brother yeah yeah that was pretty wild and also the like toy plane thing because they see planes flying over their house and they're just like oh is it gonna fall and you're like why would that plane fall like yeah what are they talking about and then their dad or their mom or someone throws like a model airplane and it crashes in the yard and they think that's what they were seeing in the air yeah because that's the same scale like they don't even understand scale and distance which is really interesting man now i kind of like the movie just talking about it this sucks (laughs) yeah it's it's just weird. It's about how you can control people's understanding, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay, I have one question about yeah. this movie. Did the two actors have sex? Because it definitely looked like they were having sex. It looks like they did. I've not heard, but I don't know if they did I or not. I looked online, and a lot of people are just like, yeah, I mean, it yeah. looks like it, but no I, one has said. I guess it's a possibility. Yeah, they. I don't know. Very well, wild. could have. Yeah. Wild. Okay. Are you good with Dogtooth? Do you have anything else that you want to? Yes, I do want to okay. speak on the ending. So this is definitely spoilers. But the final shot of the movie is my favorite part. Okay, I don't remember it. The um, 
the back of the car, the trunk. Yes. So basically, they are explained. These kids have it explained to them by the parents that they cannot leave their house until mm-hmm. their dog tooth falls out, which is like their canine tooth, you know. Yeah. Which doesn't fall out. <laughs> it's a permanent tooth. Yeah. So one of the sisters takes a dumbbell, busts her tooth out. Oh god, that, that is scene hard to watch. is insane. That's that's hard to watch for sure, because it just looks so real. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she runs off and she gets in the back of her dad's trunk in the car to try to leave. Mm-hmm. And you got to keep in mind that the outside world has no re- has no like knowledge of these people even existing, and they don't really have any knowledge of the outside world. But the final shot of this movie is as the dad gets in the car to drive off to go try to find her, he ends up parking. I don't remember if it's at his work or where, mm-hmm. but it just kind of shows a close-up shot on the back of the car mm-hmm. where she's locked in the trunk. And any other movie would have shown you her getting out of the trunk yeah. or trying to get out of the trunk. Yeah. But this movie doesn't. It just holds this- and it holds and it holds. Because, in my opinion, it did not matter whether or not she escaped. No one in the world has any clue that she even exists. So whether or not she escaped, it doesn't matter. So So you don't get that answer. I like that. My interpretation of it, on first viewing, before I realized, like, oh, that's supposed to be ambiguous, like, as it was just still on the trunk... I was like, did she die? Because I was like, it's been a lot. Because she escaped at night. And then it was like during the day whenever he parks and gets out or whatever. Um, and I was like, does she just like sit in there, can't get out, and then just like suffocates or starves and dies? Um, and then I like, it didn't show anything. And I was like, oh, it's supposed to be ambiguous. Yeah. Like, you don't know. Um, but did you think of that? Like, that she might be dead? Oh, yeah. That's okay. that's my whole point, really, is that, like, it doesn't matter if she escaped or if she's alive. Yeah. Because even if she did get to the outside world, what would she ever be able to do? She has no understanding of anything. She would be so violent, too. Yeah. Like, she'd just have to be locked up. Yeah, she would not be able to function in society. Which is kind of interesting. Oh, my gosh. Because she's been locked up her whole life. The only way for her to proceed is to just keep being locked up, whether she's in the yeah. house or not. Yeah, basically, wow. whether or not she died in the trunk or was able to get out, the outcome's pretty much the same, because she's never going to be okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You might be convincing me. Good. Um, Good. Yeah, I, I love the movie, and I, I think the ambiguous ending is my favorite part. Because whenever I mm-hmm. saw the ending, I was like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Any other movie would have been like, oh, she's safe. She ran off. Yeah, that's true. But I think Yorgos understands that even if she did get away, it's not it's not a happy ending for her. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll move on to the next one, if that's cool with you. 100%. Let's go. Okay. 2011's Alps. I did not have the time to watch this one. Also, real quick, the reason why this took so long for this episode to culminate is because i was not excited at all to rewatch <laughs> these movies um whenever you first said it i was just like okay yeah cool like i remember the lobster and liking it and then i sat down and, and then every time i was in. like 
oh, it's time to watch Dogtooth. I was like, oh, man. Man, I would much <laughs> rather watch Indiana Jones or, you know, something yeah, like that. Something um, fun that doesn't drain your soul. Yeah, and then, like, I watched Dogtooth, and then I was like, well, on to the next one. And then I was like, I remember liking The Lobster, so I'm just going to watch that one. And then I had been excited for The Favorite. So that's what took this so long, is I was just kind of dreading to watch these movies because I knew how they would make me feel, which I think is a powerful thing for someone to do. But I don't like it. Yeah, they are very so, draining. They're not fun movies at all. Yeah. You can get a lot out of them, but they are not... They feel long, and they just drain you, kind of. Yeah, they're a little boring. Um, it's, but yeah, It's another whatever. episode of movies that I, I don't know that I would really recommend any of these. Yeah. If you're not already interested <laughs> in strange things. Yeah, I don't think I would recommend them to just anyone like i would have to know someone's taste and interests before i would recommend any of these okay sorry moving on we'll go to alps like i said from 2011 i didn't watch it you did can you give us yeah I'll an g- overview i'll give a um, quick rundown on it it's it's the one that i probably have the least amount to say about because okay. it, it kind of feels like it doesn't really go much of anywhere, honestly. Like, there's interesting things mm-hmm. that happen. But it's about it's about this company. Um, and they call themselves Alps. And their reasoning is that, um, like, the Alpine Mountains, the Alps in France, you know, like, those cannot be replaced. Like, those are what they are. And what this company okay. does is they go... And they impersonate deceased people for their significant others, for their families, for their friends, to try to help them come to terms with the fact that this person has died. Okay. And it sounds interesting. It's very interesting, but it's just so uncomfortable. It's so weird. (laughs) Okay. And I don't really want to give anything else away, but it's if you like, it's more like Dogtooth than it is like the lobster or um, mm. Killing of a Sacred Deer. Okay. It's a very strange, weird movie. And I think, if I'm remembering right, it's the shortest of his movies. It's like an hour and a half. Yeah. An hour and 33 minutes. Yes. Yeah. It's it's very good, but it's um, it's not one of my favorites of his. Mm-hmm. Is, I assume it's still pretty much like that description I read. Um, all the same... It's the same feeling, tone, everything as all the others. Very much. much so, yes. Okay. Random outbursts yeah. of violence, awkward, strange people. I don't plan on watching it, um, but I do see he has a movie that's supposed to come out in 2022, yep. and I would probably watch that. Poor Things. Um, yes. It's so. Am I wrong, or was it based on a book? This new um, one. It, will, it does not have a clickable link, okay. but it does not have him as a writer. Okay. So, I just so same expect as, so. Same as the favorite, then, because he didn't write the yeah. favorite. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But yeah, that's all I really have to say about Alps. If you if you like Dogtooth, I would recommend it. If you mm-hmm. don't like Dogtooth, I wouldn't tell you to spend any more time watching it, because it's very similar in feeling to Dogtooth. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll move on to 2015's The Lobster. This is his first... Um, film with 
our sweethearts at A24. Um, that's I think that's probably why I watched these two first. Was, I was just like, oh, these are A24 movies. They have to be good. Um, but yeah, I'm going to read the bio, or the, I keep wanting to say bio, the description for The Lobster real quick. In a dystopian near future, single people, according to the laws of the city, are taken to the hotel, where they are obliged to find a romantic partner in 45 days, or are transformed into beasts and sent off into the woods. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) It is. Um, I think this is... believe he was nominated for best screenplay for this one i think you're right um i don't have that pulled up at the moment yeah nominated for one oscar so for best original screenplay um and yeah this is the one that if anyone asks about him like i i believe my roommates are just like hey what's your next episode on i'm like oh your ghost land the most like what what is that what does that mean yeah Um, and i'm like I use the lobster as a description of what his movies are like. I'm like, it's in is like a dystopian future, and it's pretty much illegal to be single, and you have like a time where you try to meet someone, or you get turned into an animal, and then everyone's just like, that sounds cool, yeah, which it does. Um, it's it should if you haven't seen anything by him, it should be the first one you watch. I think. Yeah, I do too. Or uh, maybe. maybe, yeah. <laughs> I think you'd be. I think it's his most normal movie. Um, actually, I don't know. The favorite is kind of normal. I don't think technically it's as technically normal. Like the the lenses and stuff that they use in the favorite are kind of wild. Yeah. Um, but like I think the lobster would be more normal because of that and it's still very very weird yeah it, it appears more normal like the way it's yeah. filmed and edited and stuff exactly thank you for wording that much better than i did um yeah what i love how absurd it is and that's kind of my own my only opinion on it like it's absurd it's darkly funny um but like i don't really care about any of the characters i don't care what happens kind of the same with the next movie we'll talk about like yeah i don't care about many of the characters in his movies they're never likable nobody's ever you can never really root for any of these people in his movies i have a hard time trying to find out who's supposed to be the protagonist like in this it's colin farrell who's awesome he's great um but it's hard to like root for him. He's awesome, and but he still is like an asshole at a lot of times. Yeah, um, yeah. What's your opinion on the lobster? What I think about the lobster is I I really like the movie, but I think the most interesting thing about it is honestly just the world it takes place in. Yeah, like I would like to see more stories from this setting because like if they have a law about turning people into animals. If yeah. they can't find a mate in 45 days, what else is going on? That's true. You know? Also, <laughs> they definitely just murder the people and then find an animal, right? I I think so. <laughs> They're like, I think there's no so. way they actually turn them into the animal. They have yeah. like the transformation room and everything and you don't see <laughs> into it, but I, 
I think you're right about that. Yeah. Oh, Which yeah. is even more cynical than <laughs> what the people think is happening. Yeah, and it makes it... The opening scene, I don't know if you remember it, it's a woman, she drives up, it's like farmland. It, you don't meet the character ever, I don't think. Yeah. She just drives up to this farmland and there's like two ponies out there. She just gets out and like shoots a pony to death. Yeah. And then leaves. And so you're just like, what? what's that about? And then it's like, oh, that lobster was pro or that. Yeah, um, the pony. That pony was probably someone that she knew in the past and hated and then went to go kill them. Yeah. But she actually just murdered an innocent pony. <laughs> and I mean, at that point, you got to think like mentally, once someone gets turned into an animal, are they're, they're not still that person. Yeah. It's, like, it's kind of like the ending of Dogtooth. Like, does it really matter what happens? Like, whether you get killed or get turned into yeah. a horse, what's well, the difference? I, I think in this, it kind of mattered because um, I can't remember Colin Farrell's character's name. Let me look real quick. His name is David. Um, that's a stupid name. I was hoping it'd be cooler. <laughs> His brother, I guess, is dead and was turned into a dog yeah and so he has this dog that he walks around with and then this is gonna be <laughs> hang on i just looked i'm on imdb looking at cast and I, to see that his name is david the first person is jacqueline abraham or abrams and she plays donkey shooter donkey shooter <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that's what she's that's awesome as. that is awesome sorry um i don't even know where i was oh this is going to be a spoiler, but David ends up, he just wants to live and finds this girl that's like a bitch at the hotel. Um, yeah. And tries to like link up with her by being an asshole. Was Leah Sadu, right? What? Uh, Leah Sadu, the actress, I have no the clue with that. I have no clue who that is. Oh yeah, she was in uh, Dogtooth. Yep. Okay, there you go. I didn't know the name. There you go. I'm so sorry about that. She's also um, in that really weird video game, uh, Death Stranding. Really? Yeah, she's like one of the main characters in it. I've played I never a little played bit of it, it, but it's really is weird. Is Norman Reedus in that? Yeah, one? he is in that. He's okay. the main character. Okay, that's what I thought. Just making sure I was on the right game. Yep. Um. Yeah, but they they link up, and then for her to test him, like she does a lot of tests. To make sure he's, like, a bad human like her, which is interesting. Um, she, like, fake chokes on something, um, and he doesn't save her. And then the one I'm thinking of is that she oh. kills yeah. his dog, who he thinks is his brother. And he, like, plays it off cool or whatever, and then he's like, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And then starts crying, and she catches him, and then is going to turn him in. But I do think at that point, it, it you're right. It doesn't matter whether his brother is actually in that dog's body or whatever. Like, he thinks it is. He believes it. Yeah. And that's what kind of starts, I guess, not the climax of the movie, but I don't know. It moves the plot forward to the whole second half in the woods and stuff like that. And you've also got the scene where he's trying to show how, like uncaring he is when the one woman jumps to try to kill herself at the hotel yes. and he's just like he like jokes about it basically it's just yeah. it's a brutal scene it's terrible it is yeah he's just like how am i supposed to get anything done with this lady screaming yeah. her ass off and she's just laying there dying 
because of him also yeah because she was just like she he knew she was depressed and she was just like hey do you want to have sex sometime like pretty much just that um and then she like tries to call him and he just lets it go to the answering machine and just listens and i don't know it's wild she's stupid for jumping they said she jumped from room is like 108 yeah or something not high enough at all not high enough just high enough to break your legs yeah which is what <laughs> happened very sad um yeah do you have any other opinions on the lobster uh let me think like we said earlier um john c Riley, he's awesome yeah. at it and i love oh. i love how he's credited um there's him and another guy Mm-hmm. And they are credited as the man with the lisp and the man with the limp. <laughs> that's their characters' names. They don't have names. That's just what they're called. That's funny. and I, I think things like that are clever. It's kind of funny. Yeah, um, I did like the man with the limp. He saw that there was another girl with a limp at the hotel, and he's like, "Oh, like that's it. I found my girl." Yeah, because she also had a limp. And then I think David or maybe it was John C. Riley. They were like. No, that's just a sprained ankle. That'll heal, so it would never work out. And he's just like, dang it. Yeah. And then this girl has nosebleeds, and so he hits him, like, he slams his head on the desk or something to give himself a nosebleed, and then he walks up to her and acts like he gets nosebleeds. And then they just fall in love or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty cool how shallow everyone is, and they're just like, oh, you have nosebleeds too? Oh, no, cool. Let's get married. We're compatible. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's really about what people will do just to impress others, or to try to be seen as the same as other people. Because mm-hmm. like you've got David just being like sadistic and uncaring about everybody around him to try to impress that one woman, who's yeah, who is legitimately that way. So yeah. you got to think like, why would he even want to be with her in the first place? It's just about fitting in. Yeah, like he would spend the rest of his life with her. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Like I would, I think I'd rather be an animal. Yeah, and um, it's just like the guy with the limp. Like it's about oh, mm-hmm. there's something very obvious. Like we can be together since this is the same thing between the both of us, mm-hmm. even if it's not something that has anything to do with who you are. Yeah. Um, also, a very brutal scene in this movie is when. It, when John C. Riley was caught masturbating. Oh yeah. And they put his hand in a toaster for a very for long time. For a very time. long time. It's awful. In front of everyone. Yeah. That that was pretty rough to watch. Um I definitely was like, oh man, I can like it just kept going on. I was like, I can start to feel that on my hand. I don't like it. Um, and also yeah. the scenes where there's like presentations in that like big yeah. meeting room it's all so yeah, awkward is... and um like they're talking about like people who aren't able to get along will be assigned children and things like that which is <laughs> yeah. kind of funny because of yeah. how often people use kids to try to fix their relationships and that kind of thing they... and um that was olivia coleman yeah yeah who i love yeah she's great have you seen um oh my god i can't think of... fleabag on prime video oh i've not um it's... i've heard it's amazing yeah, it's incredible, and she is in it. So if you like her, check it out. Cool. And I've been I've been meaning to check that out. Yeah, it's awesome, and it's just two seasons, real short. Like you could watch it in a weekend. 
and it'd be the best weekend of your life. Sweet. Um, but going back to those presentations real quick, because I thought of one, they were like, this is what happens when a woman is alone. And then it's just like a woman walking. And then this guy sees her and goes and just starts humping her. Um, <laughs> yeah. In front, like on stage in front of this whole crowd. It's all done in the and most then, awkward way possible. Yeah. And then they're like, and then here is a man and a woman together. And it's just like, they're holding hands or something. Um, yeah. I, that movie's awesome. Yeah. Those, that scene, those type of scenes reminded me of the dancing scene from Dogtooth. It's like people just with the spotlight on them being as weird as humanly possible for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah, that's true. Okay, are you ready to move on to the killing of a sacred deer? Yes, I think so. Okay, this one, like I said, was my first Yorgos Lanthimos movie, and I watched it for family movie night. No one liked this movie. I did kind of like it at the time, because I was like, I've never seen anything like this. It was weird. Um, there's a specific scene at the end of the movie that's kind of a Sophie's Choice um, that I was just cracking up at. I was like, this is incredible. But my parents didn't like it. I don't know who else was there. I know that no one else liked it when we watched it. Um, how was your viewing of The Killing of a Sacred Deer? It was nice. Well, I don't know if nice is the right word. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I, I knew what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. And also, I watched it with a friend who I had already watched Dogtooth with, okay. so he kind of knew what to expect, too. And he liked Dogtooth also, which was pretty cool, but um, it was a good experience. I don't think mm-hmm. I would have wanted to watch it with people who hadn't already been exposed to anything by Lanthimos. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just like, oh man, this is so strange and creepy and unsettling. Because like, mm-hmm. uh, Barry Kyo, I think that's his name. Who plays the, the kid? The kid, yeah, yeah. He's just so weird. He like, is. He's, he is unsettling for sure. And he plays this like mischievous god type character who can just do whatever mm-hmm. he wants, and it's crazy. It's um, I don't know if you're aware of this. It's actually a retelling of a Greek mythology story. I did not know about. That. Um, it's the story, the tale of Agamemnon, I think. And um, I've heard of that. While on a hunt, he kills a sacred deer and is made to pay for that for the rest of his life, basically. So even though the killing of a sacred deer cooler. Even though the killing of a sacred deer doesn't seem super relevant as the title of the movie, yeah. It's a allusion to what it's based off of. Whereas Colin Farrell's character killing Barry Keogh's character's father during a surgery Mm -hmm. is the killing of a sacred deer that he has to atone for so it's a retelling of mythology in modern day yeah that's actually really cool um one thing in this movie that i did find kind of realistic at least watching it with my family and like i think my sister was there too was when I don't know, since we're doing spoilers, I am going to spoil it. Um, the dad, who's Colin Farrell again, he has to kill either... I should read the description. Where yeah. am I going? I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, 
Stephen, a charismatic surgeon, is forced to make an unthinkable sacrifice after his life starts to fall apart when the behavior of a teenage boy he has taken under his wing turns sinister. So, like you said, um, Stephen, the surgeon who's Con Farrell, he accidentally kills... Um, what's that boy's name? Martin. Yeah, kills Martin. Martin's dad in surgery. And so Martin, to get revenge... He does something. I it never really explains it, um, but the rest of Steve the surgeon's family, they start to get paralyzed. Um, like they they start they can't move. They bleed out of their or they won't eat. They bleed out of their eyes and then they die, unless Steve Colin Farrell kills one of them. He he gets to choose whatever happens. Then the other two will live. If not, then all of them will die. And same, if he kills Martin, then all of them die. And I thought it was really funny, especially watching it with my family. The family dynamic that they all take, because they're like, we should make him like us. Um, and so, like, the at the beginning of the movie, he tells his son, Bob, he's like, hey, Bob, cut your hair. Like, it's getting long. And then... Later on in the movie, when Bob's paralyzed, he cuts his hair himself, and then he crawls to his dad and is like, you were right, I didn't like this hair. <laughs> yeah. And then he's just like, you know what, I want to be a surgeon when I grow up. Like, that sounds incredible, I want to be just like you, you're my favorite. And then it was like the, the daughter says something, she's just like, hey, when you die, can I have your iPod or is something like that? And so I thought that was funny from a family perspective watching it with my family because it's never been anything that sinister but me and my sister would always do stuff to get on each other's nerves yeah like that yeah it's it's definitely the like you said the family dynamic of them trying to kind of win his favor is really interesting and weird yeah and even when he has like said okay i know what i'm doing everybody come downstairs to the living room nicole kidman who I love. Oh, she, she's awesome in it. She's good. Yeah. She's just a great actress. Yeah. Um, I finally watched um, Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, I Cruise, still need to watch Stanley that. Kubrick. Yeah. yeah. It was, I liked it. Um, but anyways, even when he tells her, like, hey, come downstairs, she's like, what about the kids? And he's like, they're already down there. And then she's like, I'm going to wear that favorite that dress I have that's your favorite. Yeah. Because she's just like, maybe this will save my life. Yeah. And then how he decides to proceed, this, I'm not going to spoil it, actually. Because um, I think that's that's what made the movie for me. Um, yeah, I think it was a pretty cruelly funny way to decide what happened. I think so too. I won't I won't say anything more on it because it's it's really something you just need to see. Yeah. Cuz even if um, you know like the things we've already said, it'll still be surprising. <laughs> yeah. So, do you have any other opinions? I know I just hogged up the whole time going on a You're good. One my thoughts together. It doesn't really have to do much with like the story itself, but while <laughs> I was watching it, I was like, what city is this? Because, like, you see the skyline okay. a bunch, and, like, you see them standing outside. There's one specific shot where him and uh, Stephen and Martin are talking, and you can mm -hmm. see, like, the city in the background. I was like, I know this city. It's Cincinnati, Ohio. Really? It was all shot in Cincinnati. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's okay. 
that's closer to where I live than where most movies are. Like, I've been there yeah. enough to recognize it, so I thought that was pretty cool. I did not recognize it at all. Um, I was scrolling through the IMDb for this page to see where it was shot in um, to answer your question, but you already had it. And I see this plot keyword section. Can I read these for you? Because it's kind of interesting. Yes. Okay. Inviting sexual advances. Okay, I, Master- I see what you're talking about now. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Masturbating someone else. Wife cheats, cheats on, on husband. husband. Yep. Yep. Wanted sexual advances. Bare breasts. And then the, they so all see fit. all 450. Yeah, I just thought I saw the first two inviting sexual advances and masturbating someone else, and I was like, "Cool, that's great." Yeah, there's also revenge, obsession, blackmail. There's lots. Leg paralysis. <laughs> when you said blackmail, <laughs> I thought you meant a black male. Oh no! Uh, yeah, <laughs> not one nope. word. Okay, that's funny. Reference to pubic hair? Yeah, this is... That's just the kind of weird. movie it is. It's the kind of movie all those movies are, I guess. <laughs> it is. Okay, um, I got nothing else on this. I Do don't you really, have anything? I don't really have much else to say about it. Okay, then we will move on to 2018's The Favorite. And let me tell you, I've been wanting to watch this movie for quite a while because I like Emma Stone um, and Olivia Coleman. This is what got me through watching all of his other movies. Because I was like, I've been looking forward to that one. I've heard great things. If I can just struggle through all of these, I'll get to The Favorite. And I will say, The Favorite, I think it's a lot different than his other movies. I don't think it's as upsetting. Um, What do you think? Yeah, it's definitely not as visceral as his other stuff. There's still a lot of weird things to it, a lot of manipulation. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean, there are, like big actors in the rest of his movies like you got Colin Farrell, you got Nicole Kidman but seeing Emma Stone someone who's like currently a big movie star lead one of his movies it makes it feel a lot more familiar yeah that's true and I think she's great in it yes, now that I think about it, the whole movie is kind of like the weird brother sister dynamic that was in the killing of a sacred deer yeah Um, but between Emma Stone and Rachel Weiss? Is that how you say it? Weiss or Vice? I've never been sure which one it is. I think it's Weiss. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, she's going to be... She was in The Lobster, and she's going to be in the upcoming Black Widow movie. That's so right. She is. Um, that comes out soon. That's like I know. two weeks away. It's, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited, too. Um, so, I'm going to read the description real quick. In early 18th century England, the status quo at the court is upset when a new servant arrives and endears herself to a frail Queen Anne. Um, I knew nothing about like the plot. I just knew it was called The Favorite, and it had... I knew literally the cover. It's Olivia Coleman, and then it was Rachel Wise sitting on her lap, and then Emma Stone looking disappointed, like sitting on the ground. Yeah. And for some reason, I thought... Olivia Coleman was the mom, and that the other two would be daughters, and Rachel Wise was the favorite daughter, and Emma Stone wasn't. I that's just yeah. what my brain was going. That's I, what I thought was happening going into like, the movie. I feel like I thought something similar before I ever like saw trailers or knew what it was really about. 
I yeah. figured it was going to be like a family dynamic type thing, but that's not really what happens. Yeah, I feel like, especially after watching The Killing of a Sacred Deer and then going into this, I was surprised that there wasn't a family dynamic. And even, this is a little be a spoiler too, it's not that big, but um, Rachel Wise and Olivia Coleman start making out and getting doing the dirty. And while I was watching, I was like, that's mother and daughter. And so I was just like, this is so weird (laughs) right now. And then it finally clicked. I was like, Oh no, they're not like, yeah. I was like, they just are coworkers or something. I don't know. Yeah. It kind of, I guess not coworkers because one's a queen and one's like an advisor, but yeah, it's kind of like a weird, like social elevation type thing. Cause like Emma Stone Mm -hmm. is a nobody completely. And she comes Mm -hmm. in and tries to kind of upset the order and become the favorite of the queen. Yeah. And seeing how she messes with people and all the things she does to kind of try to make her dream come true is not even really a dream come true. It's more just like survival of the fittest. Because if the queen likes you, you're going to have a good life. Mm. If not, your life's going to be terrible. Which kind of leads to, I wrote down one quote, and that le- that has to do with what you were saying, is um, Emma Stone saw that Rachel Wise and Olivia Coleman we're hooking up and so emma stone's like i gotta put my moves on the queen because she's into ladies um like she's like oh the queen must be into ladies that's how i like move up in the world and so you know she she does her stuff and at one point um rachel wise's character finds out and she says you will dismiss her to the queen because she she like pretty much bosses the queen around yeah um, she says she you will dismiss the queen's her. ear yeah, and then the queen says, I will not. I like when she puts her tongue inside of me. <laughs> and then she walks yeah. off with Emma Stone. And, like, it was... I, like, I cracked up yeah. at that line. It's very matter-of-fact. Yeah, and it's exactly what you were saying. Like, um, yeah, they just... Both of them were trying to curry favor with the queen. And, um, yeah, if you do, you live. Or if not, then... There's consequences, I guess. Yeah, and also people, like, they act, they behave more normally. Like, they talk more normally. They have, yeah. like, more emotional reactions to things. Like, a lot more. Which is interesting. Like, it's borderline normal. Rather yeah, than which is so interesting for a period attached. piece. Since it's 18th century England, like, you wouldn't expect... I love period pieces, so I was yeah, expecting, I like, Old English and... Um, me to have to have subtitles on to understand what's happening but no like yeah it's very normal kind of i wouldn't say it feels like them playing dress up because like the sets are so real but seeing emma stone in that i definitely feel more normal yeah she grounds it for sure yeah and one more thing i want to say about this movie that impressed me is I, I mentioned it earlier, but just the camera work in this movie, the cinematography, I've never noticed, like, the choice of lenses more in a movie than this. Like, I can watch a movie and be like, okay, I just watched a Studio Binder video on lenses. Let me watch this movie and, like, take note of it mentally. Yeah, point it out. This, this like, I noticed they would use, like, a fisheye lens, which... 
I've hardly seen movies that I can remember. And this, it, like, stuck out to me. I was like, oh, that is a fisheye lens. I can see, like, the entire room. And it does, like, a fishbowl effect when they get closer, but they're standing further away, so it looks normal. Yeah, and uh, I think there's even a little bit where you get a little bit of negative space around the fisheye, where it's, like, yeah. black on the screen, and you never see that in movies. Yeah. So I thought that was think, really cool. Yeah, this is, like, technically impressive. Um, not in the weird... I, I don't know how to say this. I'm trying to think of a word, but I can't. Not in this sarcastic technically, like, well, technically, but, like, technologically, I guess is how I'd say it. Yeah. It's an impressive movie. It looks beautiful, and everything works. I wish I knew more about how that stuff, I guess, is supposed to make me feel. Because I, you know, they use that for a reason. He uses a fish island's for a reason it's supposed to make me feel something or look at something differently um i wish i was able to speak on that more and that's what studio binder is great for like they have all those videos that tell you why they do this stuff i just don't remember it um but yeah i think the camera work in this is incredible yeah and the cast is awesome and the the costume work and the set design is amazing too the production design for the entire movie it feels like you're watching things happen in that time period, which is what yeah. it, it should, you know, but they do a very good job of making it seem real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's awesome. The favorite is my favorite. Nice. Actually, I don't know. It's, I was going to ask you that. It's um, not my favorite of them. After I watched it the first time, it was so different from his other stuff that I was a little disappointed. Okay. But upon second watch, I was like, man, this is really good. Like I, I yeah. get why it was so critically loved and why it got so many nominations. Mm-hmm. Is if I'm I not think mistaken, I, was... I think it was nominated for more than anything else was that year. It had like nice. ten nominations or something. Yeah, um, I was more relieved that it was wasn't like anything else he had done. Yeah, and I assumed it wasn't going to be going in because I was like, this was nominated for a lot of stuff. Yeah. I doubt that his, anything else, like, if it's anything like his other stuff, I doubt it's that, like, critically acclaimed um, or popular. So I kind of assumed it would be different, and it was, but it still has a lot of the same tone. It's just a lot more normal. Yeah, I think it would have been a lot weirder had he written it. But since it was yeah. written by someone else, it's definitely more normal feeling. And yeah, one thing exactly. I really like that's kind of a, like an afterthought, but um, the like typeface they use for everything, those big letters, like they did yeah. in the credits, I love that. In the that. spacing between the letters. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like you don't really know where to look. Mm-hmm. It was hard for me to read some of them. Like even when it said directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, I think I read it wrong. I was like, what is this trying to say? And then I just saw his name and was like, Oh, it says directed by, and then it clicked. I thought it was cool. That kind of adds to that weird, like, fancy, like, the overly fanciness of royal stuff back from that time. Like, it's overly exuberant. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah, I love me a good timepiece. Or period piece. Timepiece is a watch, right? Yep. Wow. I love me a good timepiece, too. Timepiece would be, I think it'd be a better name than period piece. I do, too. It sounds cooler. It does. Um, yeah, sorry. So, um, this one also has another weird hand job in it. 
um, when she gets married. I don't know why I just thought of that. But in Killing of a Sacred Deer, there's a weird hand job. In this one, there's a weird hand job. Looking forward to the next weird hand job that there will probably be one he produces. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know. I I don't think I have anything else for this film specifically. I don't really. The plot is just kind of two people trying to be the favorite of the queen. Yeah, I wasn't sure originally how it was, what it meant by the favorite because I I was like, oh maybe. Um, I thought that Emma Stone was trying, like, the favorite was either going to be the Queen or Rachel Wise's character. I was like, which one of them's the favorite? And then it turned into, oh, it's Emma Stone and Rachel Wise, but then also Rachel Wise has the power, and maybe Emma Stone is the favorite of her, like it's her favorite maid, because that was kind of the thing going on. Yeah. Um, so there were plenty of times throughout this movie where I was like, what does it mean by the favorite? And then it like switches gears and you do know, and then it kind of goes from there. And it's definitely the most straightforward of his movies. It leaves you with yeah. a lot less to wonder about at the end. Yeah. And it is, it's still kind of an ambiguous ending, yeah. but not as much. Not nearly as much. Yeah. I think um, it's, it's lower stakes than most of his other movies too. Cause with others, it's like, Oh, who's going to get turned into an animal? Who's going to die? Or who's gonna... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, I got nothing else on Yorgos Lanthimos or any of these movies. You got anything you want to say? I'd just say that he's a really interesting director with a very weird body of work. Mm-hmm. If you're into that type of stuff, check him out. If not, there's nothing wrong with that. He's very yeah. out there. That's true. And it's Greek. So, it's all it's Greek. <laughs> yeah. So, if I ask you to rank these, could you? Yes. Okay, will you? I will. Give me just a second here. Let me rank them. Do you want me to do mine real quick? Go ahead and do yours. I think I've got my order, but go ahead and do yours. Okay, um, I'm going to go The Favorite, The Lobster, um, um, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, and then Dogtooth. It's not that I didn't like Dogtooth, it's just that I... I'd never want to watch it again. Yeah, that's that's totally reasonable. Totally yeah. reasonable. I'm going to go with number one, Dogtooth. Okay. Number two, The Lobster. Number three, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Number four, The Favorite. And then number five, Alps. Okay. I like that we have different opinions. Yes, it's, me too. It's nice for a change. Because we usually agree on pretty much everything, so it is nice to have yeah. something that we aren't really on the same page with. Yeah, I think this and then I disliked Falcon and Winter Soldier more than you. Yeah. Um, it's definitely my it, least favorite of the three Marvel shows so far. Like, I yeah. didn't hate it, but it's my least favorite for sure. I, I'll say I didn't hate it, but I disliked it. Yeah. And I feel like yours is more of like a... Yeah, it was Average fine. Or whatever. Like yeah. I've um, I've even told friends. I'm like, if you if you're going to watch these shows, you're probably going to like WandaVision. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to feel like you have to get through Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like it's not as yeah. entertaining. That's true. That's been pretty much everyone I've talked to about it has felt the same way too. So, yeah, they dropped the ball there. Yeah. But, oh well. Um 
yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in to us talking about Yorgos Lanthimos. Kane, this was a great pick. I'm sorry it took me so long to get through all of uh, it. That's okay. I was doing some traveling and stuff, too, so it's no big deal. Yeah, yeah. that reminds me. I went out to Baltimore and visited Troy of the Not A Bomb podcast, um, and I had a great time. Troy's awesome. Love you, dude, if you're listening. And, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, as always, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it lots. Yeah. And for next week, we did talk about this. We are going yes. much more lighthearted. Much and more I am fun. Very, yeah, I'm excited for this. I think we'll get through these pretty quickly and have another episode out just because once I have them in my collection, I'll just want to watch them. Um, so, yeah, we are going to do... It's technically, I think, the Ethan Cornetto trilogy. Is it Ethan? Oh, uh, I'm not sure. I've Where always just known it as the, the Cornetto. It is the Cornetto trilogy. I don't know if there's any more to that. Why was I thinking the word Ethan? Cornetto trilogy. Why is it called that? Do you know? Uh, it's because of the Cornetto ice cream, I think. <laughs> okay. It's called the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. Three Flavors. Not sure where I got the word Ethan. Um, but, yeah. Directed by Edgar Wright. Um... And these movies are Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. Yes, it, it the name originates from a silly joke during the promotion of Hot Fuzz. Wright, um, Edgar Wright had used had written in the use of Cornetto ice cream as a hangover cure for Frost's character in Shaun of the Dead based on his own experiences. So it's named after <laughs> this ice cream that he likes. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited to watch these. Have you seen all of them yet? I have not seen The World's End yet, but I have seen the other two. Okay. I I've, love the first two. I've seen The World's End once, probably like right after it came, it came out. Came out like 2013, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure I was in high school when I watched it. Um, so I'm excited to check that one out again. And it's always a pleasure to watch Shaun of the Dead. Oh, and of course, Fun. those movies are awesome, and they're so funny. And I, I love yeah, Simon so. Pegg. He's awesome. Same. This will be much more lighthearted. I'm looking forward to watching them. And I'm even more looking forward to discussing them with you, Kane. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to watching and talking about something that's fun to watch and fun to talk about. And like, yeah. maybe be a little more upbeat, a little more jokey, because that's how those movies are. Yeah. I'm really looking forward uh, to it. Yes. So far, we've done Hereditary, <laughs> Midsummer, Midsummer, David Lynch, yep. Lovecraft, Lovecraft, and then Yorgos Lanthimos. Time we get something a little more lighthearted. We are more here. than due for some comedy and some fun. Yeah. Um, also, I'd love to talk about all of Edgar Wright's stuff, and I'm sure we will, but I'm kind of relieved we don't have to get into all of his movies, because that's that'd be a lot to take on, and I don't think I could do him justice. Yeah, same. I feel like he's a director that's kind of better to kind of break things up. Because, I mean, yeah. you've got a trilogy you can talk about, so that's great. And then you've got Baby Driver, you got Scott Pilgrim, you got... Oh, Last Night in Soho. Have you seen the trailer? No, I haven't. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know there was a trailer. It oh, looks no. so good. It looks oh, so geez. good. It's coming in October, I think, if I've got the month yeah. right. It looks yeah, awesome. I'm excited. Awesome. Well, that about wraps it up. Um, I'm going to do the thing at the end of podcasts that they do. Um yeah, this is Friends with Cinefits. Check us out on Twitter, at CinefitsPod. Every once in a while, if I buy a new movie, I've only done it once, but I have a few sitting around. If I buy a new movie and get a digital code, 
might throw it on there. Whoever gets it first gets a free movie. Um, I've got yeah. some digital codes I'm sure I could put towards that as well. I don't there mind. Go, I don't ever use them. Yep. <laughs> and then we are now on YouTube. Um, we started that last week. Just last week's episode is up there. Um, should just be... You should just search Friends with Cinefits on YouTube and find it, I would expect. Yeah, if you search Friends um, with Cinefits, um, it'll usually come up with the results for Friends with Benefits. Okay. And you'll just need to click the uh, show results for Friends with Cinefits instead, and there will be. There you go. Like I just did right now. Nope, I clicked on Friends with Benefits again. <laughs> yep, there we are. There we are. Um, and if that's way too hard for you or something like that, link will be in the show notes. Link will be on Twitter. Um, you can find it somehow. But, and then email us if you have any questions or just want to say hello. I like to talk about movies. Um, I do too. at gmail.com. Kane, you got anything else before we get out of here? I'm just going to say thanks to everybody for listening. And um, you can also find my reviews at shotreverseshotfilm.com. I've got reviews coming soon for Cruella and Quiet Place Part 2. And then um, in a couple weeks when Black Widow comes out, I'll be getting one out for that as well. So check those out. Nice. You better have incredible things to say about Florence Pugh, the love of my life. There are no bad things to say about Florence Pugh. Yes. You passed. (laughs) You passed. Awesome. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. Kane, it's been a pleasure. It always is. Thank you, Alex. Yep. Have a good one. You too. Thanks, everybody.